someone can have the max amount of upload, like just upload seven days a week. But I mean, is that really building a brand? Like, What are you building that brand on? Building a brand. There are some brands that stand out among others. These brands that are associated with high quality content, high quality imagery, they stand out compared to other brands that do the same thing. So there is something to be said in the long run with quality. Oh, it's actually really low. Whoever, oh, whoever was using this last time was probably really quiet or something. It was probably Adam you had plugged up to that one. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's, I mean, he's so loud. Yeah, and it's just his normal voice. Um, streamers. Uh, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I can't do an Adam voice. I dude. I can't. Dang. I wish I could hear myself. I'm not gonna wear this the whole time. Don't worry. Oh, that'd be cool though. Maybe you should invest in that. Yeah, I've slowly work your way up. Yeah, humble beginnings. Hey, well, of we've, the podcast. We've, we've upgraded from the last time, dude. Yeah, no, we have. That's for sure. What were we using last time? We didn't even have a tripod last time. It was just oh. on the counter. We still don't have a tripod in, in the, the ear. <laughs> we have a tripod. Yeah, yeah. So we got this camera angle right here, guys, and then we've got this one on Bryant. This one over here, we've got <laughs> we've got a cooler that's on top of a chair because I only have one tripod. But it's on a Joby tripod, so we're we're good to go, though. Mm-hmm. Welcome set. back. What number is this? I think this is number 14. Are we starting right now? Yeah, we're good. We're okay. live. All we're right. Freaking number 14. Rolling. Wow. I can't believe you had me back because it's just, I don't know. Why, why, would, uh, why would we want Brian back on? <laughs> I thought I had, I had to say what all, what all, uh, I'm stumbling on my words. I got to get, I got to get used he, to talking in front of the camera. Yeah. It's been a while. You got you got to get back in the groove. <laughs> I know it really has. Yeah, you pointed the camera at me like the other day, and I was just like, I don't know what to say. I mean, surely anyone listening to this can like know where I'm coming from. It's just like when you look into that that dark circle it does something of a lens, soul. you're just like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to a future person. Isn't that weird to think about? Yeah. It's weird too, knowing that, like, if someone watches my raw, cut, uncut vlog, or just me talking, I like th- because I know that I can cut certain things, I'll I'll stumble on some words and just re-say it. And so, if anyone like were to watch it back, they're probably like, "What is this dude doing?" Yeah, <laughs> but not on the podcast, guys. You got you just gotta let it roll, unfiltered. Yeah. Well, some filtering. <laughs> probably. There's there's some filtering. Hey, there so I'm gonna do some foreshadowing. There's gonna be a podcast where this a little table like this somewhere out west is gonna be full and it's gonna be Steve and Adam. It's gonna be the whole crew and there's gonna be more mics and it's gonna just be pure chaos and there's not gonna be a clear direction. It's just gonna be funny and Adam might have one too many whiskey drinks. <laughs> well, and might. <laughs> yeah, he will. <laughs> he will. <laughs> he will. And dude, I so I commented on one of the podcasts. I thought it was so funny. I was watching one of the last couple ones with Adam. And it was like, I, I like watched it in fast time. 
And it's just like, he kept like reaching for his whiskey glass and like the level just kept <laughs> going down and then up, down. And I thought it was so funny. Yeah, that was, that was on the one I did with him in, in, uh, in Salt Lake. I, I saw that coming. I was dying, dude. It like, <laughs> it like kind of stayed in the same place. It was almost like a time lapse and it was just like, I want to see what you said. Exactly. You said something like, uh, I yo, enjoyed watching. Hey, I no, I know what I said. Okay, there you go. I, mean, I was check. like. I appreciate the nomination of like best fisherman. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm truly honored. I'm not that good. I I stink. Dude, but. I mean, you won best fisherman. I guess so. You went we went through a whole thing and we we just came to the conclusion that you're the guy. I'll I'll give it to Steve though. Steve is sneaky. He just can't get him in. Steve hooks him. If someone can just hand the rod if he can just hand the rod off. Maybe. I don't know. Cause you're saying what that um, somewhere out west a couple years ago you guys just like Steve missed just like a mondo brown yeah in a small creek yeah we went after golden trout in Wyoming and there was like this picture if you picture like just like your perfect scenario of like approaching a wild brown out there it, this was it like it was just like this tiny little stream. And this big brown was sitting in there. We didn't really know he was sitting in there. It was yeah. it was a nice little hole on a small stream. And I don't know how big this fish was, but we all saw him. It was one of those situations where it's like, okay, Steve, you got it. Go down there with your with your hopper or whatever, stimulator or something. And you go just see what comes out of that hole right there. Yeah. And like this big brown was in there. I don't know how many inches he was, but it was gigantic. And it was like... It like just gulp Steve's hopper or stimmy and like everyone was freaking everyone was like, Oh my gosh, we're all sitting there and Steve's like hooked up for a second and then just I don't know, it the the, the fly just pops right out of his mouth and <laughs> dude, we never let him forget it. Like, it was so <laughs> funny. It. Like he still talks about it. he's like, Screw you guys, like Yeah. We were all just dying laughing there on like the bank side. It was like such a perfect <laughs> so scenario. Great. That's that's great when you have like the boys just watching. Yeah, hey, like getting oh, this hilarious. Dude, we need to bring the whiteboard back out for the next short bus trip. I know we do. We it, it we just lost disappeared. Count. Yeah, we lost count. That's why it disappeared. We lost count. <laughs> lost count on, on volume one, and then you weren't there for friggin' half the trip. I know but that's all right. It's a shame. It'll be different this time. Hopefully, we'll be uh, hopefully so. Hopefully, I'll have some more time. We'll have to deal with your uh, your snoring for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I snore. So, and I, Adam snores. So, yeah. <laughs> I've come up. Yeah, that bus gets really loud. Just like <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow, a lot of snoring going on. That's that's what we're that's what we mean. <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> that sounds so wrong. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Anyways, we'll have the get the nasal strips. Yeah. So I've come up with ways to combat the snoring, and I don't know what Adam does. He snores sometimes, but I it's like with the dry air, and I I get like there's just a ton of nose problems, and like with with the dry air, I get like constant nosebleeds if I just don't carry like some sort of nasal spray with me and then it's like 
I'm maybe drinking some IPAs. So like the back of your throat is like a little dry and then the whole combo of everything. It just, yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. It's a little flippy screen. Yeah. Just in case you see it turn off or whatever. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But dude, I'm telling you, we need to eventually we need to get the, or a bus. We need to get the bus on the East coast and all up through the Southeast. Yeah. Have you gotten many suggestions on, on where to go on like these podcasts at all? Yeah, like the last we did one on the on the Short Bus Diaries, like when I was in Salt Lake, and so we got a bunch about, um, you know, just a bunch of, like ideas from people, and then locations, obviously from that one, but also in the videos, like in especially in the last episode we did. But yeah, I mean, obviously a bunch of places out west, <clears throat> uh, Driftless get a ton for, about people wanting us to go to Driftless. That would be kind of was that Wisconsin? Yeah, Wisconsin area. That would be cool. I feel like it's sneaky good. Some of the best smallie fishing I've ever done is Wisconsin, but I don't know. I don't know that much about it. That'd be kind of cool. If anyone wants to help us out. Yeah. If anyone wants to. That'd be kind of cool. To give us some intel and kind of tell us what's going on up there. We'd love to. We'd love to hear. I feel like we get up there and get carried off by mosquitoes. Probably. Yeah. I got to. I got to go back to Minnesota. My roots, dude. Yeah. Back no. back in the yeah. day, that'd be cool too. But I'm telling you, man, North Carolina, Tennessee, like this whole region, we could have a time in in Tennessee alone. Yeah, North Carolina alone too. We could have a time. Probably skip out on some places in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like North Alabama is cool with me. Sorry, the rest. I mean, I'm from Alabama, so I guess I have a right to say it. But yeah, I just I don't really drive south. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, yeah, I mean the mountains. Like, there's no mountains south. Yeah, if you're gonna drive south, you're going to the beach. It's just perf- personal preference. So, yeah, I don't know. But hey, dude, you made it up here this weekend. You made it been up doing here. some fishing, which yeah. has been fun. So had some time, and I was like, hey, Scotty, like, what what's going on like this weekend? And he didn't have anything going on, so I was like, all right, I'm coming up. Yeah, so I just packed up the stuff, drove up here, and. We just, we fished our brains out for two days Yeah, here. It's been pretty nice. And we caught some good fish, some, some natives today, some brookies, some bows. It's been a good time. Had that one nice wild brown. Dude, that was, that was sick. Yeah. Fish, fish yesterday were like, it was one of those perfect days where it was sunny out. Like it was a nice day. It wasn't like too, too, there's still some clouds, but it was, the fish were where they should be. They were in all the pockets that they should be, yeah. all the seams, and it was just like a matter of getting down to them. Mm-hmm. And the second we would get our flies down to them, it was like, oh, yeah. fish on. Yeah. Well, girdle. The girdle, the girdle rack. <laughs> yeah. I don't nymph that much, but it is kind of fun sometimes, mm. like when they're just crushing, like what, yeah. what you throw at them. But I'm not about that light, the, the light line life though yeah yeah you're not a, dude you were throwing three x over here and it was working i was like what <laughs> hey, i taught you something new <laughs> not really yeah i mean i mean i'm I, sure there were so many fish that like came screaming towards the the, the <laughs> fly i was just like nope but that's what i do i just i, I catch the dumb ones <laughs> so steve go. misses them i catch the dumb ones and then and then i just catch the i don't know the normal ones yeah with normal nymphs normal ones I don't know what Adam catches, but I definitely catch the dumb ones that like feel sorry for 
the fly that's out there. Isn't that cute? Let me let me let me see what's up. Let me see what's going on over there. <laughs> no, it's been fun, but we uh yeah, it's been good to kind of talk about some stuff, like you know, some cool ideas we've got. Hopefully, just just you know, like I like I've said before, it's always fun to like talk with someone who's kind of in uh who can almost speak the same language in a way in terms of like cameras and fishing, like have mm-hmm. the same like love and passion for both and. There's just like not that many people that, at least that I know, um, there's a yeah, small handful of people that are like in that boat. You know, there's a mean? bunch of people that know a lot about cameras mm-hmm. and like filming and stuff, but there's not many people that I found. I know I can count on my hands, like the amount of people I know that film and like are, are really good fishermen too. Mm-hmm. So there's there's just not a whole lot. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm there with you. Well, what do you what do you think? Like, how do you think filming fly fishing and just fishing in general has improved your overall filmmaking and storytelling abilities? Yeah, we were kind of talking about this the other day, but I think both you and I agree on that it's just so unpredictable that you have to. It's definitely like helped me on the like thinking of 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 that storyline in your head, and then like spur of the moment like making spur of the moment decisions um because it's like you're you're depending on like a a dumb fish like (laughs) to you know to make your video like you have to like sometimes they make you look dumb yeah sometimes they make you look dumb (laughs) and like sometimes they just yeah they just don't want to eat or like things never go as planned Mm -hmm. and so you're always having to craft that that storyline in your head and you're constantly having to make like like spur of the moment decisions to come out with the best story that you can. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't make things happen really with, with fishing, like weather or just, you know, you can't rely on the fish no. to tell your story. No, you can't. That's a big part. Cause they're, I, I wish you could, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like filming, skiing or something like that where it's like okay we're we're gonna go out with this athlete and you know he has a cool story and we're just gonna like go to the he can hit all these tricks yeah we know when you can click record you can plan that but it's like you can't say okay we're gonna go we would like to be able to say oh we're gonna go to montana we're gonna buy a short bus and do all this (laughs) stuff we're gonna catch these gigantic fish and i mean (laughs) I don't know. What's the biggest fish you think we've caught on? Probably the first in the Idaho on the Henry's. Like that was probably yeah. where we caught the biggest fish. I mean, what was that yours? No, I mean I caught like an eighteen you, or nineteen. Yeah, you got a pretty nice brown. Yeah, it was probably some somewhere in that range. Well, I'm glad we passed that mark because yeah. I was I was thinking I think, like <laughs> a lot less than that. Yeah, we didn't do too well in the Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Late summer. I don't know. Maybe we just done. We just don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was still fun, but yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've really taken away from like us kind of just going back and forth and hanging out and and working together a little bit has been <clears throat> really th- like it's really important the questions you ask to whoever you're you're with throughout the day. Oh yeah, um, to kind of like help guide that that story that you're trying to tell. And I think obviously from your experience in the last couple of years, like really sharpen that skill. And that's something that I think is, is really important. Like 
is asking the right questions. Like when you're when we're filming out there and like there's a there's a scene, you know, maybe it's a transition scene like from point A to point B and like you got to get something to to help guide the audience from that point A to point B and just like asking the right questions I think is so important. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like it that is kind of like I mean, you're you're wearing so many hats when you're out there. Like you're a one man crew usually or usually like the shoots I've been on, you're a one man yep. crew. And like, that's like a director, you're, you're being a director in that, in that moment right there. Like you're, you're, you're directing the trip as it kind of unfolds and trying to get the harness, the best part or the best, you're trying to make it the best you can with right. what you got. Right. And that's the thing. You can't plan anything like you can only, or you can only plan so much on uh, like a fishing video, at least the like the ones kind of like the short bus diaries or something that we would produce is more you know, kind of like a cinematic type vlog. Like you're, you're filming an adventure. You can't really control what what's you only happen. work on really like general ideas. Like, so for short bus stuff, we were, we were like, let's buy a short bus and let's do this stuff to it. And, and that's it. I mean, yeah. And then we let's just go here. And so it's, it's mainly like general idea and then location. And that's basically all that we had planned. Mm-hmm. And then the, you can't do much else besides that. Cause like one day, like on our, on like the kind of tester trip, like it snowed its ass off and like, yeah. like we had no idea that was going to happen. And, and like, I don't know. There's just so many different when you're, you're filming these things unfold. It's just like, so there's so much change that goes on Mm -hmm. from like the original plan. It's kind of cool too. No, it is. Like sometimes it can, it can work out in your favor and it like turns out way better than what you, what you plan. I feel like it's always like that. Like I'm always out there and I'm like, gosh, I'm not getting enough. I'm not getting enough. Like I'm not getting the right shots. I'm not getting the right dialogue. And then I get into the editing room and I'm like, oh, and that's, I'm pretty, that's yeah, pretty good. Not <laughs> I think I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. You worry about it too. You're like, dang, like I didn't get like a good scene to like close this up. And then mm-hmm. you get in the editing room and you're like, oh wow, that was perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we just set it to hive standards for ourselves. But that's, I think that's good. You know, you want to reach, you know, reach further and if, and just constantly be like trying to hit those those goals and those you know Mm. different like aspirations or whatever but i feel like the the editing side of these a lot of these videos is a little bit longer that gets a little bit there's you spend more time editing a video like this because like we could do a lot of pre-production so to say but there's only so much you can do when you're filming kind of stuff just unfold naturally it's Mm -hmm. like like almost it's almost like these are like just mini docs you know yeah you just kind of have to like, I look at it always as like a puzzle. Like you just, you throw a bunch of puzzle pieces all out on the table and you're just trying to piece them together. Yeah. And it's like, exactly your, like a doc. That's your story. Yeah. It's exactly like a doc. They're just like mini docs. It's pretty much. Yeah. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. But do you think like, how do you think the editing side has helped? Um, how, how has do you think fishing has helped the editing side? How has the editing side of your production kind of helped transition into your filming side? actual on-site production i think it's just made clear the moments and where i was 
it's made clear the moments where I was not like assertive and be like, no, you need to tell me like that we're going here mm-hmm. or you need to tell me like, like, Hey, talk about the thing that we just experienced or something like, like it's, it's made me kind of kick myself like, dang, what, why did I not ask someone like what was going on at the time mm-hmm. to give me some sort of context? I mean, that's, that's definitely noticing that in the editing room has really helped me with filming, um, be more assertive and, and fill that director role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I always look at it as like learning from the mistakes, you know, and yeah. there's, yeah, there's so many times when you feel like you're going to be disruptive for being like, Hey, let me, like we talked about this in the last podcast, like, no, I need you to say that again, or we need to film this again. But when it comes down to it, if you're actually committed to like filming something, you're, you need to get like, you need to get the right things. You need to be like mm-hmm. assertive in that moment and be like, Hey, we need this shot or we need this piece of context. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like period. You know, I hate that you have to learn from mistakes. Yeah. I hate that's just, unfortunately that's like the best way to learn. Best way to learn. I mean, it kind of stinks though. Yeah. But I hate making mistakes. Think about it. Nowadays, dude, people have like podcasts. People have YouTube. People have all these resources to learn from other people's mistakes. And hopefully like people listening through this podcast and other podcasts we do like can learn through our mistakes. Cause we're like, con- we're consistently learning from our mistakes. Um, and consistently oh, making mistakes. And, and consistently making mistakes. Yeah. But that's just like, that's, that's a part of it. You can't be yeah. afraid to make mistakes. Nah, nah. You know, you have to kind of like embrace it and be like, you know what? That's the whole, I don't know, the whole like uncertainty idea I've kind of talked talk to you about is just like, you, you're not, you're never going to know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of just have to jump into it and just be like, I, and that, that helps you build confidence. Like the more you jump into those situations, oh, yeah. you're just gonna be like, you know what? I don't really know what's going to happen today, but I know I have some skills and some past experience and let's apply those. And then boom, you learn something else. You make another mistake. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like that always, that always applies back to the films and editing and yeah. shooting. But I, I think another thing we wanted to talk about today is gear. Everybody, everybody wants to know about yeah. gear, which, which I'm happy to talk about, but, um, it doesn't matter though. But yeah, I think gear's cool though. Gear's gear's great. It's cool. Yeah. But but I think it's always like whatever camera you have is the best camera that's that's available. Yeah. I hated hearing that. Yeah. I always wanted to be told like no, you need this camera to be like mm-hmm. to to kill it out there. You need the the biggest and the best. Right. And that's what a lot of people want to hear that like a camera's going to fix your it's going to help you learn faster, but it's just more buttons and more Yeah more settings and if you get a a really expensive camera up front it's just even uh, even this new sony is like yeah i'm still learning the the menu system and everything yeah i just picked this up the other day and it's like it's it's pretty much a a blank slate like it's just i had my other one uh this is a a7s3 i had the the mark ii and i had that thing dialed like just every custom function button programmed just mm-hmm. how I like it and could zip around on that thing. And like the other day on this, on the stream, we were, I was like, wait, hold on, hold on real quick. Let me find, <laughs> let me find where this setting is. Brian, you ready? I'm about to cast. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. And, and so, yeah, it is a, it is a blank slate. 
but it's good. I think I think it's it's there's a lot of lot of uh, settings and a lot of things about the A7 III that I still have, but it's like my B cam now. But when that was my main camera. There's a lot of settings I know now about that because I've been having to learn the new like I'm shooting now in S log a lot, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was shooting in Cine 4 for like years just because that's what I was like comfortable with and that's just what I knew and I was like oh this looks good. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize how much more control and you have with yeah, it's crazy, dude. The S Log three on this is insane. It makes you so. For those of you that don't know what log is, it's just a like a. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know the all the technical terms, but it's a it's a picture profile on on these Sony or it's it's on a lot of cameras. Like there's C Log for Canon. Mm-hmm. Um, D log for the Mavic, mm-hmm. and the, so S log is is a picture profile on the, um, or is it a color spade? Yeah, it's a picture profile. Is it? What's the? I'm trying to come up with the correct terminology. I mean, it's just a very flat shot video where you yeah. have a lot more range and a lot more area yeah, to work with. Basically, what it does is it takes the data in the shadows. And the data in the highlights, and it takes all the data and squeezes it into the middle. And so you're not really losing much information. It just makes everything super flat. Mm-hmm. And then and I know it doesn't make sense right now with me just talking about it, but basically when you put it into yeah, editing um, platform, you just, you, you're able to work with it because you have all the data compressed into like a a small little space it's very hard to explain yeah no that yeah just just with words maybe i'll throw like a i'll throw the color grade and i'll throw the raw on so that people can kind of see the difference i don't know it but i think what it does is you have it saves the shadows and the highlights a lot more it's very and and the high dynamic range is is really good so like like on older cameras or say gopros for example a lot of times you'll shoot it and the the highlights like the skyline or whatever will just be like white you know it'll be like blown out yeah. and then the, but the shadows will be good but this is done is they do a very good job with especially the new sony with balancing that and so you have a very sharp um balanced look balanced look personally i mean i know we've been talking about like cine cams versus like mirrorless but if you, unless you like really need some of the cinema qualities, I don't think you can get a better camera for the price with A7S III. And that's, that's from my personal experience so far. I don't think so either. Like I tried not to buy this thing. Like I, I tried my yeah. hardest not to buy it, but it just made more sense just as like a true hybrid camera. Yeah, it's missing some things like XLR stuff. And, uh, you know, it gets kind of clunky when you add more than a microphone to it, like anything more than a microphone, it just gets kind of mm-hmm. weird. If you cage. And, yeah. You have to get a cage and it just, but like, I do agree. Like it, it's a little beast. Wow. <laughs> going, going, out. going back to high school, Brian's got voice crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little beast for sure. And it just, I tried not to buy it cause everyone has it. But I, I have enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Really, I I really haven't played with much footage from it. But 
mm-hmm. from the stuff I see, the photos I see too. Like the photo side is really, Oof. really improved. It's kind of crazy. And, and I think that's part of it too, is like you get, you, maybe it's not like it's what 12 megapixel photos. So like if you're, if you're a photographer shooting for like, and you need to blow stuff up on like billboards, maybe it's not for you, but like social stuff. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. And it, the photos look incredible. And so to yeah. have photo capability and amazing video capability like packed into one mm-hmm. that's that's what attracted me the most it's such a good all-arounder like i i have some some people i've worked with in the past that like require that on a shoot that i take photos as well as video and it's hard to think in both mindsets like when you're on a shoot and this camera allows me to do it quickly because i just turn a dial to my photo mode mm-hmm. on there or whatever whatever my custom settings are on here and I can just do it really quickly and be like, Oh, actually let me snag a few photos of that. Right. And it's just so easy on a run and gun scenario to have some sort of camera like this that can, that can do both. Mm-hmm. And I think personally, this is the best run and gun yep. camera out there. It just, like you said, it's, it's the best bang for your buck. It does, a little bit of everything it's not like pro at anything well i mean it does look really good but yeah so you want to talk about yeah just so kind of like ideal setup like what if you're gonna go especially for run and gun stuff i think that's kind of like what we do a lot of times like what's your run and gun setup when you're gonna go film fishing um so i like so my one of my favorite just kind of workhorses of a lens and i use all canon glass don't ask me why it just looks a little bit better i think i don't know i mean the sony e mount glass like the high-end sony glass is it's really nice it's really great but i've just i've had a lot what you have to pay a lot yeah well yeah there's not many generations of them and so like you can't get a used one i i'm like a big advocate for used camera gear I'm digressing, but I, I really like the, uh, 24 to 70 Canon 2.8. It's just kind of a good all rounder workhorse of a lens. And I, I pair that with like a Metabones adapter and I'm always, I'm for filming. I'm always manual focus. Like I've just, I think that's why I like Canon so much is because I'm just used to that. The, the focus dial. Like I'm just used to the focus ring and I'm, I just, I just know like where my focus is. And like, sometimes like I've done it so much that like, I don't have to look, I just can quickly adjust. I, I can't really explain it. Yeah. It's a feel thing. It really it's is. It's like with your cast, like with fly fishing, it's like, yeah, you have that, you know, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, I can do it quickly and I, I just, no, I don't even have to, I go into autopilot like sometimes, but yeah, so I, I pair that with like a Metabones because you need it. And um, then, I mean, we, so I turned you on this, but we, you and I run a stereo mic on top and it's a just a Rode stereo mic. And um, you can either do a stereo or a shotgun. Some shotguns sound good, some some don't. I mean, it's just personal preference. I personally like a stereo sound. And I think a stereo mic just saves you a lot of room or a lot of layering of sounds on the back end. Like it, it captures great ambience and just like, 
it's not like a it's not a lot of people's first choice mm-hmm. for like onboard mics but it's at least the one that we use is, is pretty good and it, it just works for what what we do and it just it sounds pretty good but like the the downside to it is like if there's something that's far away it like the ambient sounds just drown everything out like mm-hmm. I, I know you've experienced that so yeah. you got to be pretty close to who like if someone's talking you got to yeah. be pretty close to to really get like crisp audio yeah but some of the shotgun ones are good too um i've used some sennheiser shotgun mics that are pretty good and uh i don't mind them but i i've mainly just rolled with that stereo and uh if i need like uh, obviously you're not going to run that for like an interview but mm-hmm. but like um, backup audio maybe yeah but but yeah uh stereo and then that's basically it i'll do some i'll do indies um if i'm real running gun i'm just not even using just indie just crank shutter just <laughs> Um, for those of you that shoot video, like a, y'all really need to look into an ND filter. Um, I don't know. It just looks great. Like, I don't really want to explain why you need it. Preferably a variable. Yeah. I think the simplest way put is like to really get the cinematic look that you want. Mm-hmm. If you're shooting in, you should always shoot double your frame rate. Yeah. In shutter. So if you're shooting 24 frames a second, <clears throat> typically you're shooting one over 50 shutter. If you're shooting 60 frames, it's usually one over 20, one, uh, one over 125. And so shutter or the ND pretty much just helps you. So you don't have to crank that, that, uh, shutter speed. Yeah. You, it helps you keep it at the base rate, uh, or the base speed. And, um, yeah. So it, it, it really does look clean. It makes it look clean. I think so that's basically what I run for video. I can't really think of anything else. Mike lens. That's kind of it. And then obviously just backup batteries, you know, and yeah, batteries and stuff. But, um, I'm just trying to think of just camera body alone. I mean, for photos, uh, I usually don't do, I mean, if I'm really running gun, I'll do like a, the 24 to 70, but if if it's just photos, I'll do the um the like a prime lens. It just looks better uh, for photos, I think. Yeah, I mean most I mean most like variable lenses or zoom lenses don't at least that I've seen don't get you don't get one point eight, and um it makes a big difference for photos. Mm-hmm. Like he, I it, I recently upgraded to that like Sigma twenty four to seventy, um two point eight. And so that's like my run gun lens. I used to have a 24 to 105 f4, mm-hmm. which was like an awesome lens. Yeah, especially like I I highly recommend that for like, I feel like anyone. Oh yeah, getting into it because it's the most, especially if you're shooting Sony. It's the most. You you literally have 24 to 105. Like you can zoom, and yeah. you can zoom out at 24. Like pretty much the entire Short Bus Diaries series, and all the films up to like the last video I put out. Yeah, were all with that lens. It's a good one. Yeah. That's why I started on. Mm-hmm. It just covers everything. You just need one lens for video. That's it. Yeah. 24 to 105 F4. And F4 is great. Is is like during the day you can't even tell the difference really. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's so. a good. It's a good one. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that 
I would go with just just talking about cameras. Um, keeping, I think keeping it simple, especially with filming fishing, is really essential. Yeah, like like I was saying a while ago, like this thing can get clunky. Like this, like a camera like this can get real disproportionate. And like how it is right now, maybe if I had a little mic on there, it's pretty easy to stow in a bag. But when you start adding like a monitor and a cage on there, like I've done it, like I'm saying this cause I've, I've definitely done it. It's just hard to pack down. And it's like, I've found like with a cage on my Sony, like I'm always trying to tighten something and it comes like, loose. It's like maybe shaking around in the cage a little bit. And it just like, it was just a lot more adjusting than I realized. And I took it off one day. And I was like, why do I have this on here? <laughs> so, so, well, I think also our experience with doing this, um, the last couple of years have like, cause when you're first, you first get into it, you just, you want to get all the gear. Like you want to get the, the best yeah. gear you want. You see like these big rigs and you're like, I want the, like the gear, but then you realize you, you, you get all these things and then you start using them and then you start simplifying. It's like, all, you're like going in reverse. It's kind of funny. Yeah. And you're like, simplify your setup and you're not bringing three lenses in your pack. Cause you're like, I only need one or I only need maybe two. If you're bringing yeah. a backpack, we brought two lenses today. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it was all we needed. Yeah. I remember like when I first got into like the, the camera game, it was just like, I would bring every lens I have. Like, yeah. Like got to bring that macro lens. Got to bring that. <laughs> like I, I would, I would just roll up to wherever I was, I was filming and just bring everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. You can do it on a boat, but when you're waiting, it's not ideal. Yeah. You know, like with, with how we shoot, it's typically handheld. Mm. So like, what, what does that look like for you? And what sort of like techniques have you picked up just from like a lot of handheld use to make your footage like look interesting and everything, you know? I mean, there's not really, I mean, a right technique. I feel, oh, maybe there is. I don't know. Um, that was it. Yeah. Just, my mic. just put it up a little bit. There you go. Um, there's not really a right technique. Um, I feel like, um, I, I do know with handheld, like if you're too far away from your body like this, it's super shaky. The closer you can get to your body and the more tucked in, the better. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm, I'm a big user of the, the viewfinder, the eyes. Yeah. And that adds another point of contact to stabilize that camera. And so I, uh, I don't think you really need a gimbal unless it really, your, your shoe really calls for it. Like, that was one thing I made a purchase, you know, that was one thing I bought like when I first got into filming and it was great, but I it ended up just staying in the, in its box yeah. for a long time. Like gimbals are great for their intended purpose, but I just, I think you can get so much done handheld mm-hmm. and, um, you definitely need like with these, these Sony's make it really easy for handheld because it has one it has um sensor stabilization and then some of these lenses i put on it also have lens stabilization like in in stabilization in the lens right and so it's like double and so like you can almost make it seem like you have a gimbal with with some of these um cameras like this like it the stabilization is really good on these on some of these sony's also like the new a7s3 i I haven't used it yet but it has a setting where you literally can 
like you can walk with the camera and as a setting there's yeah there's some sort of setting that you can use and then in post there's like a sony thing you can download i haven't used it yet so oh. i might be butchering this but you plug it in and and, you, and it's like a gyroscope you can't tell them the secrets dude dude i haven't i mean i don't think i'd use it because you have to run it through a separate program yeah it's called catalyst browse it's uh it so the the sony on top of the sensor being stabilized and the lens being stabilized it also records um it records the shake somehow that is that the camera the camera is experiencing it's like called like gyro or something data and it records that data how the camera's positioned while the record button has been pushed and so you can go back with a program called catalyst browse i don't know like the full details mm-hmm. of how to do it but it it basically can read that data that the that the camera records and then further stabilize your footage so right gosh that's crazy man, what a what a tip right there <laughs> yeah that was in depth man any sony users if you got a7s there you go what a tip right there but i i, I actually it's funny though gimbal shots have their place and I'm, awesome. I'm probably going to get one soon for some like the swim run shoots that I shoot just cause yeah. it's like perfect for following runners and, and racers. Oh yeah. They're awesome. But I like camera shake. Like I like natural yeah. camera, especially even like when you're following someone like mm-hmm. say a low angle, you're following someone's boots and they're walking. Yeah. Like, I think shake cool. Like sometimes I will turn off all of the stabilization like in on my sensor, on my lens and just have that natural shake. I don't know why. If you really want to like see some or show some movement like in what you're filming, like it, it looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like I'm fine with shake. Yeah. Um, I mean, as long as you keep it kind of closer to your body and you know, you're not like, obviously it's not going to look good here. It's going to look. Yeah. Like, well, you like what I've heard is you want three points of contact. Yeah. So you got your right hand, your left hand. And then if you can have, if you, if you have it low and you can, put it on your, your chest or your body. Yeah. That's a third point. Mm-hmm. And, or like you're saying the eye with the eyepiece, that's super helpful, especially for manual focus, like really getting like cropping in and getting your manual focus, like perfectly dialed. Um, that yeah. helps a lot. Yeah. I guess that's what I was trying to say. I just didn't know. Yeah. I guess that's what I do, but I just didn't know three. Yeah. Three points of contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, shake though. Like, like, natural camera shake can look really cool. I really think it does. Um, especially if you have like a, a big lens on this, I feel like the heavier the camera, like the less it shakes. Right. Yep. Um, and the, the more like the, maybe not the less it shakes, but like the more the shake looks natural. Yeah. I think, um, like I, I've, I've shot on like some C300s and like, you know, bigger bodied cameras and it's just like the shake looks, it's stabilized, but like you're still going to see a little bit of shake, but like it just looks more natural. It just kind of flows more instead of these little micro shakes. Yeah. I think the weight kind of helps you in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's why like with the GoPros, like if you don't have the GoPro stabilization on, 
they're very shaky because it is just such a light camera. Yeah. But yeah, like you, you put a mic on, you put, that's like, I mean, if you have a cage on it, like you can like almost run with it. Yeah. A cage does, is, it does help, but it's just a pain for running gun setups. Mm -hmm. If you just have the cage just to like have it protect your camera, that's really smart. If it's a light enough cage. Um, But when you start adding a bunch of things to it, then it gets heavy and it gets bulky and it's just like, I don't know. You're adjusting more than you're actually doing your job. Yeah. And so, so you just touched on, we're just talking about kind of like the different shake and different footage that we get like with, um, yeah, with the camera. But when, when do you use say like static shots versus like moving shots? Like how do you use both of those to like throughout a video? I feel like, I feel like with static shots, I'm usually doing it thinking at the time about titles or I'm thinking about setting a location because you need, you need like a pretty even mix. I feel like of moving and static shots. Um, cause it's, if everything's a moving shot, like if you're like, I, I've seen some videos sometimes of that some people have filmed and, and it, it might be me included, like, like some of my, some of my past videos, sometimes you get in kind of the groove and like you only drift to one side and like, yeah. say you, say you want like a moving shot and you're, you're sitting there looking at it and you're sitting there like, okay, I'm going to kind of slide to the right, do a little sliding shot. Yeah. And like I've made some videos before where it's like, I've only like slid to the right side yeah. and everything is a moving shot mm-hmm. and it just, you, I feel like you need a good mix of both. So like usually how I do it is like setting the scene is usually for me always like a static shot. It's like, okay, like the viewer can, can look at it and be like, there's not really much moving going on and you're just like, okay, that's where they are. And that's, that's, what's going on. That's, this is the location we're in. Typically like a wide angle. Yeah. Wide angle, static shot, just not moving. Static means just not moving at all. So don't underestimate a static shot though. Like you can do some cool like twists and there's, there's so many like camera, like tutorial stuff going on nowadays that I see where people are doing these cool twists and like these, these, um, these like crazy camera moves that are like tracking with, with certain things. But like, did you go on a shoot? Like I, I've been on a shoot with some really experienced people and just been flat out outshot with just framing up the shot and just static shots. And it's really kind of, I guess humbled mm-hmm. me. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get all these cool, yeah. Moving shots. Well, cause that's what like you see on YouTube and like that, that's what you see on <clears throat> just these, like it's kind of glorified. Like you want, yeah. you want to get these like crazy transitions and that, that again, it's like when you're first getting into it, that is so cool and you want to do those, but then you just start to like simplify. Yeah. And you're like, wait, you just, you think about like what that shot is really doing. Not just like, Oh, that's a cool looking shot. But it's like, if that doesn't provide any value to like what you're doing, then then why why are you putting it in your video you know yeah but okay so going back to your question when do you use i guess move, moving shots too yeah so when do you use moving shots um 
well, I mean, nowadays, like for, for like running gun stuff, like you don't have a choice. It's, right. it's, I mean, you can stand pretty still and you can stabilize it to where it looks like it's almost like on a tripod. Mm-hmm. Um, but like moving shots, transition scenes, like you know, following along with someone's feet as they're walking or, or, um, following along behind someone like showing just movement showing with movement. <laughs> within the, within the scene, like, or within the, whatever you're filming, getting people from point A to point B is kind of when I use moving shots or like, I don't know. So it's kind of hard to say. It's just like kind of spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's just like whatever you think would look good in a certain scenario. Um, you got to just try it. You got to, ex- ex- yeah. you got to experiment. Sometimes a good practice is to just do both. Like if you're, there's a shot, you can't decide like whether you need it to be just a static shot or a moving shot. Like sometimes I'll just sit there for a second after I've done my moving shot, just sit there for a second and just, just don't move. Mm-hmm. And I find like a lot of times I'm just using the static over and over. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. But I guess I've just, like you said, I've just simplified my, cause it used to be moving everything. Yeah. Move, every, everything was moving shot. It definitely looks good. If you want to get stuff like just a little tip, I guess. Can I see that real quick? Yeah. So like if you're, if you're filming something and let's say like this mic stands like in front of me, like it's good. To, it's, it's really, not, I like, I really like having something sometimes like maybe it's trees, maybe it's bushes or whatever, or rock you have something in front of your frame or in your frame that is out of focus. You know, maybe yeah. it's just in the foreground and you kind of like are moving. You're making these like gimbal like movements, but with your hands, like just handheld and you're just panning like that. And it kind of gives that a little bit of a like gimbal feel, but mm-hmm. handheld. I, I, I don't know. I just like, I like stuff in the foreground that like you can tell the camera's moving. You know what I mean? Um, like, especially if you're going to slow something down, like on, you're filming like, like the stream or something filming a cool run come down and you kind of pan to the left or you pan to the right or you you know you pull it up um those look really good like when you slow stuff down because it just gives that little bit of movement to left or right yeah um but then a lot of other times like recently i've really been trying to trying to implement more static shots we've because we've talked about this a bunch and just i think like you just touched on framing is really important yeah so where where do you think that's come from from like figuring out the importance of framing and how you've um, chosen to shoot a lot of your, your how, shots. How did I figure it out? Yeah. Like how, where do you think that comes from? I, well, like I said, I got my, my ass handed to me on like a shoot one time with like someone that was way more experienced than I was. And like, he just framed everything up so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, in like most of his shots were static and like I was just looking at my footage, looking at his, I was like, I'm doing too much. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's it. Cause I think like today, even like some of the shots you're, you're getting, you're like, Oh, I'm just going to frame this up. And a lot, like it's just something that I, I think I need to, I need to work on is like thinking more. Okay. Like, you know, I'm going to have a title here. So I'm going to, you know, on the left, bottom left, you know, lower third of that frame, I'm going to yeah. probably have a title. So like planning ahead, like when you're shooting, because then when the editing room comes, you're like, "Oh, I got that shot." Yeah, it just makes it like putting yeah, that puzzle that, together. A little where's easier. that title shot? Yeah, 
So let's let's talk about a little bit about organizing footage because I think this is something that's really important, but something that at first might seem a little overwhelming or just it can help you out a lot when you're starting out to to be really organized. Yeah. So what does your typical like hard drive looks like look like when you shoot a project or any any sort of advice you have on on um, organizing footage? Gosh, I can't give them the secrets. Not all the secrets. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll give the general version. So you, you dump it onto your desktop, onto your computer. Yep. <laughs> right onto the desktop. Right onto the desktop. Right onto, you know, make sure you take up all your memory on your computer so you can't run your editing <laughs> platform. Now, I usually, it helps, like you said, to be very organized on the front end. Like, as the footage is coming in, you need to be as organized as possible. So I usually have a like a base folder that just houses everything title it, whatever you want. Like usually it's something like the shoot or sometimes I'll do like the date in front of it. I don't know. I, I kind of change up. I, I need to be more organized on yeah. my naming, but, um, you at least know what it is though. Yeah. You know what it is and it houses everything. And then I usually, I split it up by can or I'll, I'll do not camera. I'll, I'll split it up by day. Um, a lot of times, like, so say we go on a multi-day backpacking trip tomorrow. Like I would have a, a folder that said Scotty and I's backpacking trip. And then within that folder, it'd be like day one, day two, day three, day four. And then under the day I'll have, I'll have the camera listed then. So I'll have like maybe day one, we shot on a seven only. So I'll have like a folder that says A7 and all the footage will be under that and, by, and, and so on. Like I'll have a folder for GoPro. GoPro will be under that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I set it up is I guess home folder, day, camera, and then footage. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah. I think something that's really important is to keep – especially when you're working in uh, your editing software, keep everything that you dump into that editing software. So for example, we use Premiere in that folder. So I'll make like a, um, I'll have my, you know, day one, day two, day three, and I'll also have like music. Yeah. Oh, logos. Yeah. But you, you like make sure you, cause a lot of times you can, you can dump your, 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 or you download music and you'll just, it's in your downloads folder on your computer. Yeah. But if you, and you just dump that into premiere, it, but you need to put it in your, your hard drive and then, so it's all organized yeah, and then into premiere. It's so hard to get in the habit of it, but you can then take your hard drive to any computer and have the necessary files to, to be able to complete whatever you're working on. And so since we're, we're on the road a good bit, like that's very, very useful in, in being organized. Like I'll usually have like, like you said, like a music folder. Sometimes I'll have a sound effects folder. Sometimes I'll have like a, just a folder that says like MISC miscellaneous. Like, mm -hmm. like it just, you want everything, all the source files to be in that, that folder. Everything that the, the editing software is using to, build your product, you want it to be in that folder. So you can take your hard drive anywhere and and be able to open up Premiere on any computer and it be 
you won't have to search for any sort of yeah. missing files or you won't get that pop up like need to locate media or whatever. Yeah. Cause that's frustrating. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how I, I organize stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And like, then again, like it, this won't work for everyone, but I mean, there's, there's so many different ways you can organize things. And a lot of them are online. Like just, just look it up. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how it, it works for me. Yeah, like find a system that works best. And I'll I'll save my <clears throat> I'm sure you do this too, but I'll save like my premiere project onto a onto that folder. Like it'll be in that folder so I can obviously oh, find yeah. it. Yeah. And w- something that we've done um that you put me onto recently in the last like year or so is using SSDs. So like s- solid state hard drives. And so they're much faster. They're typically more expensive, but they're much faster. And so I'll use an SSD for my like editing, like working drive. And then I'll use, um, you know, like, like a Lacey or like a Seagate for just like my backup drive. But that's something you put me onto that SSDs is super important. Yeah. Um, and like backing it up, like having a backup mm-hmm. on your other folder. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Dang. Dang, man. Scotty P is more than any person I've ever met. It's like every time, like I'll be fishing or something, and it's like every time I turn around, it's like, where did Scotty go? And he's over there taking a big old piss <laughs> in the woods. I don't know what to tell you, man. I think it's genetic. I, I can't do anything about it. But that that coffee beer combo we're working with right now, guys, is just... yeah. The tank is just being drained. <laughs> just, you're set up for failure. Yeah, exactly. Cheers, man. Glad to have Cheers. you in Boone. This is not even open. Dude, you didn't even open it yet. What are we doing? We are talking about SSDs. I was kind of rambling because I had to pee, but... Yeah. That was just, that was just something else. Yeah, SSDs are cool. Um, it's not like going to fix all your problems, um, but it It helps. But they're so expensive, and so mm-hmm. I only have one. So, but you can never you can have like SSDs and stuff like that. But you can never have too many of like the OG, just original, <laughs> just cheap little hard drive that's slow as crap, but stores <laughs> stores. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Yeah. Well, you can buy like three of them for the amount that you would pay for for an SSD. So. SSD not reliable on price, yeah. But I mean, pretty stinking fast. Especially for I've noticed too with dumping footage. Like when I dump my card to an SSD, it's like half the time. Mm-hmm. And exporting from Premiere, if I export to an SSD versus like a a Lacy drive, yeah. it's so much quicker. Yeah, it is. That's what I found. Okay. Might not work for everyone, but works for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another thing a breakthrough moment that I have talked to you about <laughs> recently with, with premiere, um, especially working with 4k footage is proxies. I'm a huge proxy fan. now. I don't know how you didn't get on that train. Dude, like, it's not a hidden secret. No, like, it is not. <laughs> if you just type in, like I bet you, you could type in right now on, on YouTube and say how to edit fast, how to edit faster. Yeah. And like 
every every video would be like a proxy how to make a proxy <laughs> i know it's a little embarrassing explain what a proxy is yeah so first off i'm gonna explain what a proxy is but also any of you guys working with 4k footage or if you're just working with a slower computer please please look into save yourself some time and look into it takes 15 minutes to watch a youtube video but look into how to use a proxy pretty much what it is is premiere um will create or through media encoder it'll create like a copy of your 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 footage of your your video files and it's just a lower res yeah. file it pretty purposely much. like you you're purposely destroying the quality of this copy of your footage just for the editing yeah and you can toggle on and off so you can toggle your proxy on you can turn it off to see what the normal footage looks like again if it's 4k it's going to be a lot slower, especially like for this new one, like shooting 10 bit in like 60 and potentially 120 P. Yeah. Um, so that, that has been a huge breakthrough recently. Again, embarrassing that I didn't, I didn't know until now, but it's, uh, it's cut my editing time in half. Oh yeah, for sure. Are there any shortcuts that you have found or any like things any tricks like in premiere just editing in general that have that have really improved like your efficiency um i don't really use this as much anymore but the synchronize button on the audio tracks audio and video like if you highlight an audio track like say you have a mic for the, like this podcast for example yeah for this podcast um say you have a mic and you have a you have like an audio file and then you have like a, like a camera file that has like an onboard microphone and it's two similar audio waveforms. You can just highlight both, press synchronize. It's just simple. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it it's, was one of those things where like, it was kind of like, I guess what, what you were like the other day. It's like one of those things you, you like know about it. You're like, I don't really know what that does or I don't really know what that is. And then you do it and you're like, I've wasted so much time just like, uh, like especially with like synchronizing audio clips. Like I would waste so much time just nudging the audio. Yeah. Until you get it right. Until I get it right. It sounds so like frame by frame. Yeah. And then like Premiere can do it. I mean, sometimes it doesn't get it right. I've had it before where it just doesn't get it right. But mm -hmm. But yeah, that that was something that really changed the game. I guess it sounds simple, and I guess you're just like you're just trying to crank it out as as quick as you can. You're like, ah, I don't really want to see what that is. Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't because you're you're setting your way, like you're comfortable with yeah. what you're doing, and you're like, and that's something that time and time again, it's like these different things that I learn. It's like another lesson of like, hey, like try things that maybe you don't know on premiere or like look into different things that are maybe a little bit out of reach or out of your comfort zone that you haven't messed around with. Yeah. And there's, so. there's people on, um, on YouTube that seriously walk through every function of premiere. Like there's this, um, what's this? He's, he's like just a real technical YouTuber for premiere. Um, Justin, oh, gosh, I know what you're talking about. Justin something Trebishko or like it's something like that. Odijo. Odijo, yeah. yeah. 
and like I, I don't really look at much of his stuff, but he has seriously like a series, several series of videos where he walks through every single function of Premiere and it takes a long time. And he walks through every single function, every single effect, every single anything. So yeah, that those those definitely help. It's, like, they exist. Yeah. The resources are out there to yeah, learn. You just we can't we can't and we gotta just <laughs> this, this podcast would be so long if we went into every single detail about every single thing that mm-hmm. that we throw into a video. So. Well, we talked re- like we've we've been talking the last couple of days that it's it can be very important and very useful and helpful to take a break and like to step back from mm-hmm. from the grind of editing if you're just going so hard for you know day after day after day you kind of sometimes lose sight of like the bigger picture of like oh am i just getting in the same groove of things and like where where can i improve you don't you don't think about that when you're just trying to get the edit done or get the vlog done like yeah I don't know. I think that's really important. But one thing that we wanted to talk about is uh, the importance of camera insurance. And uh, you had a little story that you were oh, telling yeah. me about. It was a little story. <laughs> so I don't claim to know. I mean, there's probably way better ways to insure your gear. And like, I, I really do think that, especially when you're starting off, like, yeah, you don't want to drop the money the extra cash on like some insurance, but gosh, it really saved me in this one situation. I mentioned in the last podcast, I kind of like bummed around like the U S like, uh, like Wyoming and Montana and Colorado, just a lot of those Western States. And I, I like lived down my truck and like, I didn't have much, much money. And I, I, like my bank account was almost zero and I was just filming my butt off and just like, I, I, for some reason, someone, I guess a long time ago had told me that I need to get some sort of insurance for my, for my gear. And I just, I didn't have much cash, but I was like, you know what? I'm a good, I'm, I'm going to do it. Like I, I need to insure my gear. Um, because like if this stuff, I, I remember saying like, if, if my gear was dropped in the river, if it was destroyed somehow, if it was stolen, like I would be out a lot of money and, and especially having no money, that's like really scary. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so me and, uh, and hobo Steve were, we're being hobos. We we're bumming <laughs> around, um, like Wyoming. No, no, we were in, we dipped through Idaho. Actually, we were on the South fork of the snake. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. South fork of the snake with our buddy, Will. And we had a really good day of like hopper fishing. It was awesome. I got some really good footage, some, some cool eats. And it was just a fun day out on the river. I had this new, it was the A7S2. I had this A7S2 I was rocking. And I was just like, man, this thing's awesome. Like, this is the best camera I've ever owned. And I was just doing my thing. And I had the camera up on like a tripod in the back of this drift boat. And so how I would do it is I would take I would leave that camera on the tripod and film like eats and stuff and interactions in the boat. Mm-hmm. And then I had another camera on a gimbal, like a, like a small, it was, I think it was Steve's like 
a6500 that I put on a gimbal. And so then I would follow people and mic them up when we got on like islands. And so it was kind of a cool combo of like static tripod and then gimbal when we got out and did some walk and wait missions. So I, so we stopped at an island and I had my camera up on the tripod. I grabbed the gimbal. I was like, you know what? You know what? What's gonna knock this camera over on on a tripod like yeah. this? Like it's really sturdy position. It's like got all of its feet in like good locked position. Like it's not going anywhere. And um, y'all y'all can see where this is going. <laughs> I I got out and I filmed. I was filming my buddy Will. He was slaying some cutthroat, and so it was really fun uh, filming him um, pick apart this little run by this island and like all of a sudden I see this boat way upstream kind of come down um oh wait no no, no, let me back up so this is this is what happened a big jet boat came barreling up the river and I didn't really think anything of it it just came screaming past our drift boat and that was that. I didn't really think anything of it. And I see this other drift boat come down and they come over to our boat and the dude's like looking around and he like looks over at us and then he just, he just goes. And I was like, that's kind of weird. So I'm still filming. And like, I get this feeling like I should probably check in the boat for my, for my camera. And I go over there and there's no tripod. Oh no. And I'm like, what happened? And so I'm looking around and like the, the camera, so the jet boat threw out a wake and knocked the drift boat and the camera tipped to one side and then tipped back the other way and fell just camera first into the river. Oh, and it drifted down a ways. It was in a run. There was there was tripod legs sticking out of this. <laughs> and so what that guy was doing was he saw it happen, and he was like inspecting like what was going on. Like he saw the whole thing go down, and it was just like, shit. Like his his camera's done. I, I, I gotta get out of here. Like, and so he just like went on down river, and I got there, and like, I, I just didn't know what to say. I just, Gosh. I grabbed a rod and I was just like, I'm just going to fish the rest of the day. <laughs> I was able to salvage the memory card. So the footage still oh, exists. Oh, that's good. Yeah. still exists out there. It's part of that film that I never made, <laughs> but maybe one day, maybe one day you'll get the rest of the pieces and put it together. Yeah. That'll but, be something. But yeah. So long story, that, that was a long story and it it made me very happy that I had insurance because literally the next day I was able to tell my my insurance company what happened and they had me a check for the damages. I was able to send the body off to someone to inspect it and there, there wasn't much to inspect. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's broken. There's like, I remember pulling it out of the water at I'll have to send you a picture. Is that the it. one, the one you guys have like that drip shot? Yeah, we have a, we have a drip shot of the, of an A7S coming out of the water. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's on my Instagram. Yeah. If you need it for this video. Yeah, be our pat. Go check it out. You can, you can pull it up. Never go but, spam the comments. <laughs> yeah. 
tell him the podcast sent you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we I pulled it out and it was making some weird noises I've never heard an A7S make. It was like beeping and then it was like the shutter was just going off continuously, going just like going off continuously. I opened the sensor, there's just water pouring out oh, and the God. shutter's just like going crazy. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up getting a check, though, and was able to buy another camera and continue with my trip. That's good. And so that taught me to, like, always have insurance on at least, like, the body of your camera. Maybe some lenses, too. I had I had some lenses insured as well. I think that lens, too, that I had on that camera got ruined. It was a it was a Canon 24 to 105. Wait, no, no, no. It was a... No, it was twenty four to one five, and it was ruined. Yeah, it was absolute ruined. So, and I was able to replace it too, mm-hmm. and so we were able to continue with the rest of the trip after that, and it was it was awesome. So it's it's a little bit of money, you know. Per I I do my insurance per quarter, um, or yeah, it's quarterly, or I think that's a it's yeah. like every. It's like, yeah, it's, it's four times a year, mm-hmm. three or four times a year that I pay for my insurance. But it just adds like 20 to 50 bucks onto your quarterly insurance. So how I do mine is through actually the company that provides my car insurance. Um, they will do like a personal items thing that's kind of bundled in to your car insurance. And so it's, it's basically, it's just for, it's not for repairs or anything. It's basically just for catastrophic damage. Like, like, like I have like a jet boat just yeah. knocking your tripod yeah. off. Yeah. So it's just, it's good to have that extra layer of security. And I know for like, this is a brand new camera. Like I haven't got insurance on it yet, but I am going to get insurance on it yet. Right. Or soon because it's just i mean i can i i'm not as i'm not as broke as i was (laughs) (laughs) but i still don't want to shell out you know three three thousand dollars for something i could have prevented Mm -hmm. yeah because i think you can i think that some of the insurances at least for if you get all your cameras camera equipment insured um like for for if you have a business or or not but i think it can be like 800 a year mm-hmm. is what i've heard from people for at least through like state farm and um any i mean it could be more but you think about it if you it also just gives you the security it gives you a little more comfort when you're out filming yeah like you're not super mega stressed and you yeah. might you know i think it's just it's peace of mind a little bit it is it, it sucks that you have to pay insurance but it's like just for those catastrophic yeah. events pretty much it's all it's for so i'll never go without it yeah but yeah that's my story and dude my buddy will felt so bad and i mean it's not anyone's fault it's my fault for leaving it up there on the mm-hmm. tripod but man you ever want to see you ever want to really feel your heart sink yeah you look over uh, that was me looking over at that drift boat and seeing no camera inside, <laughs> I was like, oh. at least you're able to find it. Yeah, like the snake is big. Yeah, 
like the South Fork is huge, and if you were just out in the middle or whatever, that camera's gone. Yeah, but fortunately, you're able to salvage it. Yeah, so that is the kicker, though, with your insurance. You got to have. Well, I don't know exactly how it works with a stolen camera. You might have to present them like a police report, right. like actually report it to the police and like present them with that. But have some evidence. Like you have to have evidence that it's broken. Like I actually have got my camera replaced twice from catastrophic events, both related to water. Other one, I was out in a storm and (laughs) I had two camera bodies on me, but there is a, like one of my favorite shots I've ever gotten was in this storm. And it's just like, it's, it's my buddy, Dustin Connell He's a professional bass angler. He's, he's fishing in front of, uh, this dam in Tennessee and it, it's in this just all out downpour and he's casting and it just looks so sick. It's just like, I'm this s- was in your reel, right? Yeah, this was in my yeah. reel. And, uh, I just love that, that clip, but it costed me a camera. <laughs> like it just, my camera just died oh. after that. And so I had, I had to take out insurance again, but that time since it like, some parts of the camera worked and some didn't. And so, so it was different than catastrophic that time, but it was, I had to send it off to someone to deem it that it was unusable. And of course they deemed it unusable (laughs) unusable. and and I got a check, but like it was only like the viewfinder was the only thing that worked. And the sensor had like some, spots on it and stuff like that it was just in bad shape but i i should have just said it was just all like it was just unusable but i had to send it off to someone and get it yeah but at least you got it covered yeah so i'm sure if i break another camera on the same policy they're gonna be like dude you can't (laughs) but when you're around water it's you know okay i'm paying you guys i pay you guys a lot of money like I, I expect that. Yeah, and well, you guys will help me out. I'm sure my rates are gonna go up. Yeah, if, if it happens again. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's good to have, just in case. Especially yeah. if if you operate a business, or if you're even, especially if you're if you just get like a nice camera, especially like one of these mirrorless, yeah. and They're not you know maybe you sealed. maybe that you 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 worked all summer, like mm-hmm. to to get that camera, you used all your money invest in that because the worst thing that can happen especially if you're around water is yeah. dropping it in and because i didn't have camera insurance for the longest time and just recently yeah recently got in and it's definitely worth it yeah so how do you how do you do your insurance <clears throat> mine's through my my home still I'm, I'm in the transition period because i'm gonna get like like true business insurance here pretty soon but right now it's just through my um yeah something with my home like through my parents and like this yeah. Our state farm. Or I used to do that too. Through yeah, I think you were the parents, one who told me my parents' that. home insurance, and then when I got my own insurance with my my car, um, you know, I, I, there's a personal articles thing that you can claim on there and, and create these these policies for these these cameras. But there's what what there's several different ways you you can insure it. So like, so you can get like a like a business like insurance thing if i guess if you're a business and then there's also um you know what i do with my car insurance um and then there's also like square trade and like 
Allstate does some other things. You know, like on Amazon where it's like spills, drops, like you can pay like a hundred dollars more for yeah. your for your like item. Two year protection or something. Yeah, it's like two or three year protection. I've actually heard pretty good things about that. Um, because it's it's supposedly just no questions asked. Mm-hmm. And it's just like boom, there's another camera for you. Definitely click no on the on that uh, last thing I just ordered the other day. <laughs> no, I think I just got a lens, yeah. Yeah. But anyways. You click no? It was on, yeah, I click no. Yeah. But because I was going to insure it through mine. You know what yeah. I mean? I've heard some good, like, I guess at the very least do that. It's not fun to pay a, a extra 100 bucks, And you have, you it would be a little bit cheaper. I mean, maybe not in the long run, but. I mean, if you can get a plan where you can pay eight hundred for all your gear, yeah. For example, I don't know if that's that's what it is, but that would be probably more a better option than having to pay like a hundred to two hundred dollars for every single thing you for that two year. Um, yeah, but I don't know. If any of you guys have have a better take on camera insurance, definitely let us know because we're still new to it. But that's yeah, that is our two. Please cents. tell us like the best camera gear uh, insurance option. Because this is just what someone told me, but there might be like a way better way to do it. So, so do you think? Do you think filming fly fishing and just fishing in general has changed how you look at fly fishing at all? Has has filming changed, or maybe do you, has it changed any sort of perspective on fishing because of the filming aspect of it? No, it doesn't really, doesn't really change how I look at it. I still like it. Um, I mean, I mentioned this in the last podcast. I'll, I'll just go out there sometimes now and just not even take a camera. Some things are just not meant to be filmed, and you just need that personal moment. And um, yeah, but it, it really hasn't changed how I feel about fly fishing. I, I still like the whole adventure in it, and mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I just well, I think something like that too is is something you probably recognize is like you you film it a bunch and then you like really need those days where you just are oh, yeah. fishing. Yeah, just like, fishing. Like the other day, we I mean we brought cameras, but we were just taking photos. Yeah, there's a, there's a difference. Yeah, when you get into film mode, like today, <laughs> it's like turn the hat, mm-hmm. you're in film mode, and it's like you just zone in and. It's, I don't know. You're just like in work mode. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. If you guys out there film at all, fly fishing, it's, or just film, you probably know what we're talking about. Yeah. But you just get in the zone, mm-hmm. which is fun for filming, but it's really hard to balance the two because when you're fishing and filming, you're you're not fully thinking about, like, yeah. even when I'm about to cast, I'm like, you, you're rolling? Like, you're thinking about, I'm thinking about you filming. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, where am I going to cast? Like, and then you're depending on the fish too. That doesn't want to. Like we we drifted some juicy little holes today up in the mountains, and mm-hmm. no one was home. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, well, I, I recorded for 20 minutes on this, you know, like at 120 frames a second. Like the camera. That'll be hot. fun to go through. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we called one shot today. We did. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool. Because that never happens. Yeah. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. Yeah, sometimes it does. But 
How can we tie that back in with how we started this? Well, I think just the the perspective on you you kind of need to like you kind of need to yeah you're like shift your uh, or like you're wearing two different hats mm-hmm. and it's hard to wear both at the same time. Like filming when you're when you're actually filming fly fishing, you are making some sacrifices on the fishing part because there is okay we need to wait for I need to get I need can't you know Brian needs to set up really quick he needs to get his his focus in check like he needs to get his framing right. So that slows you down a little bit. So the the it's it makes it trickier because the efficiency of fishing goes down a little bit. Yeah, because you're you have that. Yeah. It does good filming it does aspect. Good yeah, and it's especially tough when you're with someone that doesn't know what. The, I I I'm not a good fisherman, but like <laughs> there you're are good. some you're people good. that like. Like I remember uh, sometimes I've been behind the camera when people are fly fishing and those people might not know what they're doing. And it's just like, I'm like, there's a difference between like Scotty fishing in front of the camera. Cause he actually knows what he's doing. Well, thank and you. And then like someone else that just is like new to fly fishing. It's like, you're wanting to, I just get antsy behind the camera. I'm like, dude, like just cast it up in there. <laughs> like, just get it. No, uh, now he's hung. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't get me started. No, I know. I know. It's, yeah, you you kind of know like how you would fish it when you're filming somebody else, and you're like, I could I could probably catch a fish right here, just because you how you have the confidence you've built up over years of, of doing it, and you're you're looking through the lens and you're like, oh, if only he cast it a little bit, or only if he mended a little bit more to the left, like, yeah, yeah it's tricky. But it's a, it's a sacrifice that has allowed both of us to make a career in it, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to be like, screw that. I'm just going to fish. Oh, There's yeah. a balance. Yeah, there definitely is. Like today was is definitely a working day. Yesterday, I was just kind of like, I mean, I guess we still work some. Um, just with taking some photos, but that's not, mm-hmm. that's not work. Like there's a anyone huge a difference yesterday. Like you, when you and I even would like split up a little bit, like we were really dialed on the fishing. Like we were really like, yeah. like zoned in on like, okay, like I'm going to fish this run and you know, you're not even thinking about the camera. And it's, I love days like that, dude. Oh yeah. Those are my, not even thinking. You're, my favorite you're days. trying to work it as quick as you can and pick it apart the best way you can. And like, like today I was just like, Kind of sitting there, <laughs> you know, just, just kind of waiting, just like, uh, oh, I guess I'll cast right there. <laughs> you rolling? It's just such right. a slower process. You're right. It's yeah. just, there's nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. it's just how it is. So something we talked about last time was audio. And recently I've just started using those. Like today we were using them, those lobs, um, just like the road might go. And I think that's, it's, I've only used it twice uh, or like on two different shoots. <laughs> a little burp, yeah, a little burp. <laughs> but th- I think that's it's huge because especially when we were talking about like fishing with that stereo mic, if you're if you're back from somebody, you know you want to get like when you're filming, you want to get those like oh no there he is, you know like yeah. those those little subtle bits audio bits, um, instead of just a clip of somebody hooking a fish, like that's great, but you you can't really do anything with it unless you have good audio. Yeah, but those lobs they worked out pretty good today. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, so. I, I haven't, I haven't heard what came from them. I'm interested to hear, but 
Yeah, lives really do, especially when you're on like a long lens or something like that, like away from your subject. It really does help. It's mm-hmm. pretty sweet. I, I think there's there's a place for them for sure. Yeah. So I want to, before we close this out, I want to talk short bus a little bit. Okay. Because you were going to come to to join Adam and I in, in Salt Lake a couple weeks ago. I was. But kind of fell through, unfortunately. Yeah. I had some things going on. Yeah. Sorry I couldn't make it. I, it was, I was bummed. It was super last minute that you were going to join anyway. So it's, yeah. it's, it's all good. But we had a discussion, Adam and I, on um, kind of like a, just a brainstorm and we kind of talked about the short bus diaries and just curious from a filming perspective from you, what are some things do you think we can improve on from this past series and going forward with the next series? Mm. Filming wise. I think to be honest, like let's add some cool add ons to the bus and I would like to film more of the like process of like adding some of these cool things to the bus. Um, that's just me. Um, but I would like to like, I think showing a little bit more of like a build out part would be cool. Um, because we are outfitting this bus to like take us wherever we want to go. So I think that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe like some, it would be cool if like, say we got a, a, another bus in the future that could house more space. It just had more space in it. It'd be kind of cool to do almost like a, I've said this before, like a podcast, like wrap up, like at the end of the day, like almost like interview, mm-hmm. but like podcast have some version. mic, some mics and just be like, yo, today sucked. We're about <laughs> to eat some really good ribs or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I think that'd be fun. Or yeah, like a little space for that. Almost something like that. And then you also sometimes like if someone doesn't explain what went down, like it is that. So it would be nice to almost have like interview moments and that maybe like a, like a little podcast section at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like a little wrap up section at the end of a day would, would help with that. Right. Um, like explain some scenarios that went down. Um, like, and to just contextualize the day, like what happened. Yeah. And you can almost use it as like a VO over, I don't know. Cause it comes natural. Just that's, thinking. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that when you have like those missing puzzle pieces, a lot of times I'll have to record a voiceover mm-hmm. and I think voiceovers, I think voiceovers can be really good, but with a video like the service diaries, I want to not have, I want to have the least amount of voiceover possible. Yeah. You know, I want it to, to flow and All drive natural, the story yeah. the whole time. What what do you think about just like footage wise? Like we've talked about some gear today, you know, we've talked about different lenses and everything. How do you think we could mix it up in terms of like footage and just get maybe a more variety or different, I don't know, different types of footage? Well, number one, get Adam to wear a GoPro. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> um, Man, I don't know. I think we, uh, and I know Adam and Steve, well, mainly Adam. I, I don't think he'll go for this, but. Just like, I think we need to do like more, I like the raft a lot, but we were talking today more walk and wade stuff. And that would mean like more like wide angle. Well, I guess we have wide angles on the boat, 
but like kind of like stuff that we did today where we were able to film eats better because I was sitting in a stationary position and like I think bringing doing some more long lens stuff um showing more eats and then I just think um yeah I I think setting up our trips where we have a little walk and wade moment um would be really, really useful. I, I was thinking also like maybe, maybe we should try out some. I, was, I mentioned to you maybe some sort of three sixty cam where it's like, in case like our GoPro doesn't is not running on the guy's chest, it's like just a safe backup. Yeah. Like maybe, because you can turn it literally any any direction. Well, I've thought about that for the back of the boat because we have that back of the boat like. Uh, mount that we've used mm-hmm. and sometimes the camera i have to like move it like if i'm fishing yeah. this bank over here you know i've yeah. got to move it to the other side so it's it's shooting me on that bank and sometimes it would just it, you know it'd be the frame would be kind of off like i would be on the way left fishing the left maybe that's a good idea so yeah. i think if we had a 360 on the back you yeah. can in post control exactly where you want that framed um, and you can move it. You can keyframe it, you know? So I think I think that could be good. Yeah, that might be good. And you could you could do a lot of stuff with, with the 360 cam. Well, I think the waiting thing you were talking about, that gives us the ability to, like, pick apart a hole. Not only filming, but, like, fishing. We can pick apart a hole and instead of just, like, drifting by, getting one, maybe two casts in, and then you're on to the next one. You know, just, like, adding more variety. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the rafts, like, they're awesome mm-hmm. and uh, it allows us to cover a lot of water, but I really did enjoy when I did come in on the last trip that, that day you and I fish for cutties, uh, and that little stream, like yeah. that was fun. It was added awesome. some, some variety and like, since it added variety, a lot of those clips ended up making it on like the trailer. And even though like yeah. it wasn't, that was the only day I guess you weighed fish really. Yeah. It was kind of the only day we weighed fish. Yeah. And it's just, it, it add a little bit more variety. So I think that would help. Yeah, no, that's good. I I think there's, there's definitely always room for improvement and how can we improve? Yeah. We got how some good we, stuff. How from about the, we ask yeah. everyone else? Like, yeah, you guys on YouTube, I know, I know there were some, some comments in the, in the last surplus diaries episode we did, but like on, on here, but yeah, but let us know they, this, this thing sucks. This yeah. Thing. <laughs> Who edited this? God. Guy sucks. <laughs> Definitely give us some uh some some constructive criticism. We'd we would greatly yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. We've never uh, filming, fishing, really anything. We we don't claim we're the we're the masters one bit. We're just um, we're just trying to figure it out like everyone else, man. Yeah. I, I literally said today, I was like, we're just a bunch of dudes just that we like to go on a fishing trip. We happen to like film and stuff it's just that simple we're not really masters at it mm-hmm. we like to have a good time and just yeah. kind of hang out yeah we got we got shay adam who whips us up some some dank food <laughs> usually and then we got it we had a shout out to our our friends over at big sky ipa or big sky brewing for just yeah. hooking it up yeah we had plenty full of, of good beer which is great of the brews yeah it's it is kind of a cool dynamic with the with the bus though. Like everyone has kind of their role. Yeah. Um, Adam's kind of like, oh, he just chef. 
He just does it all. Really. He just does it all. Yeah. Actually, we just sit back. And Adam <laughs> does all the work. We 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 watch me, Scotty, and Steve just watch Adam like maybe like hoist a boat up onto like a trailer <laughs> and like, strap it down, and we're all just like, "You done yet?" Like. <laughs> Just, just hanging out, and I love to use the the excuse of filming. Oh, guys, here I get you guys are gonna pull the boat up. All right, here let, I gotta get the shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me, I can't yeah. help. I gotta, I gotta get change shot. my battery real, real quick. <laughs> just one, one sec, one sec. Wait, wait until you, yeah, yeah. Start to hoist it up. Yep, you are, you are doing great, and you know you're definitely not gonna use the shot. <laughs> hey, can, can you guys do that one more time? Just load it off really quick and then pull it back up. Yeah, yeah walk up that hill and bring the car down, and I'll film you guys, and then film the car. Coming down to pick, <laughs> so I don't have to walk up there. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got their role, man. Steve just he just sits in the back in his futon, and that's. That. I want I want to see like a rating, and this better be on like the, uh, you know, like the scale thing on Instagram, mm-hmm. or the vo- is there a voting thing on Instagram? Yeah, like the slide thing where you like. Yeah. There's a voting thing, but there's a slide thing. Okay, how about a voting thing? Uh, I want to see a voting thing, little prompt on Instagram that says, should we keep Steve's futon that takes up the whole back half (laughs) of the bus? I think it it is a waste and it could just be utilized for a a lot better of of uses than, (laughs) than a ratty ass futon steve's the smallest guy in the crew smallest guy and it's just like how did that work out where like i was sleeping on a cot in the (laughs) middle of the floor the last time or one of the times and thankfully adam made me a bunk but like i think there could be so many different things back there and it's just literally the whole thing is taken up by that stupid futon so Vote yes to Steve's futon or, <laughs> or no, and then tell us what needs to be added in place of that. Yeah. Futon. Yeah. Here for you guys listening, if you're, even if you're on Spotify, go over to YouTube and tell us, give us your suggestion on what we should improve on or what we should add to the bus. Cause we're, we're working on the, the build right now. We've got our ideas, but we'd love yeah. to hear from you guys. Just drop us a comment in the comment section here on YouTube. Um, yeah. Yeah, what what we should improve on in the bus? I have some juicy ideas. I'm not gonna share them right now, but like, I just wanted to be a surprise. But I hope we can make them work. There's, yeah, there's one idea that yeah. everyone would love that just would fit in perfectly, mm-hmm. and you know, it would serve that space a lot better than that ratty ass futon. That's right. I said it. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve. Changes are happening. You can sleep outside. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I think this, it's just so funny that like last year around this time, we just like shot this idea in a group message and we're like, Oh, we should buy an old bus. Yeah. I was like, it's your idea. Yeah. I was not really serious. I was just like, I mean, we could get like a bus and like, it's like one of those memes. It's like everybody laughs. And then it was like, wait, that was kind of a cool idea. (laughs) Hold up. You're onto something there. Okay. Yeah. And we actually looked at bus prices, like old bus, and we're like, that's pretty doable. We we can do this. (laughs) Anyone can do what we're doing. Anyone can do it. Yeah. All right. So to close up um, this pod, it's been good. I can't believe it's almost been two hours. But 
from uh, or what advice would do you have for me in my shoes with what I'm doing with Wildfly and um, my company and filming or anyone in my shoes, you know, someone who's trying to start a YouTube channel, someone who's maybe trying to do it, create an outdoor brand. Like what advice would you have for, for me? I mean, you, you already know where this is going. I mean, there's definitely a balance between uploads and quality. Like someone can have the max amount of upload, like just upload seven days a week. But I mean, is that really building like a, a brand? Like what are you building that brand on? Seven days a week, so, uh, seven days a week of low quality uploads. So I would just say, you know, tread lightly when you're thinking about like sacrificing quality. That's just, yeah. And that, that goes for, for anyone that, you know, I understand like not everyone's like a, a film person and not everyone respects film. It, you know, some people just want to give a simple update and that's fine. But, you know, building a brand, there are some brands that stand out among others that have just, you know, when you, when they're these brands that are associated with high quality content high quality imagery like they just they stand out um compared to other brands that do the same thing so there is something to be said in the long run with quality not i mean you don't see it in the short run like you just don't like the algorithm might support seven days a week of uploading but like does that really it gives you some subscribers, but I don't know if it, it builds any sort of brand, any sort of loyalty or anything like that. So I would just say for anyone out there that wants to do something similar to like what Scotty's doing, just don't sacrifice the um, quality. Protect it. Yeah, that's good, dude. I, I appreciate that. And I think that's something that's a constant battle on YouTube because it's... <clears throat> You know, like it you said, support it. it does. It supports consistent uploads, yeah. which I'm trying to do. And like I've, I've been saying, but it's, yeah, I, I just, it's, it's tough because, you know, you want to grow and you want that short term gratification of like, I want subscribers. I want subscribers. I want likes. I want more views, more views. But yeah, I think in the, playing the long game is, um, is more equitable. Yeah. So sorry. I think so too. And just, I don't know. It it elevates your brand above someone that might be bigger than you, or uh, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's just bigger, like in terms of like numbers. Or yeah, in in terms of numbers, like it just it just associates your brand with quality. So yeah, that's that. Sweet dude, thanks for thanks for doing this, sitting down for a little bit. Yeah, thanks for making definitely. the making the trek up here. Yeah. I gotta make make the trek now down to Huntsville or Nashville next yeah. time. We'll do we'll do some fishing over there, man. Let's do it. Sweet. Well, that's gonna do it for us tonight. And uh appreciate all you guys listening, watching, tuning in. Let us know your your for thoughts sure. on the on the short bus and uh yeah, yeah some improvements. We'd love yeah, to hear. And them. Steve's futon. And Steve's mainly Steve's futon. It's <laughs> a lot of space. <laughs> There's a lot of space. Um but yeah, uh, again, we've got uh We've got our wildfly apparel. Our spring collection is out. 
and uh, we've got a discount code. Use use the code Misty Ridge for ten percent off until um, April twenty third of twenty twenty one. Use it. Use it. So if you're trying to get one of those sick hats that Brian has on, go use the code. Go check it out. Wild-fly.com slash shop. Go check it out and uh, check out Brian on Instagram at brpat. Used to think it was bpratt, but it's not bpratt due to popular belief. Brpat. And yeah, we're uh, we're going to go get some food because we haven't eaten anything all day. Yeah, <laughs> all right, guys. We will see you guys in the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out.